0: opt for bobby miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season and for bryce harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season download the app today and use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars again download the app today use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars pick more pick less it's that easy
1: you are locked on mets your daily
0: new york mets podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. As we discuss the Mets, a lot of attention has been paid to their offseason this winter, and rightfully so. But on the show today, I want to discuss why the 2022 offseason is still looming large for the 2023 Mets. In the first segment, Max Scherzer. We're going to discuss his impact this past season and what he meant to the franchise moving forward. the second segment, we're going to dive into the depth additions of Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar. And as the Carlos Correa saga continues, it's very nice to have a fallback option as good as Escobar. We'll go through all of that. Then in the final segment, Starly Marte. I want to explain why he is still the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to the position player's on this Mets team. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Fickelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FickelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at justbaseball.com where I work as a managing editor. Now, another weekend has passed and no Carlos Correa news. We have reached a breaking point here. It seems like it's inevitable that something will happen any day now, any hour, any minute, and yet nothing comes. Uh, there is some reporting from Jim Bowden of the Athletic that says that the Mets are very likely to get him. That you know the Mets continue to be Correa's top choice, and they expect for a deal to come to some resolution soon. You know Steve Cohen said something about uh, you know there need to be some resolution sooner rather than later this weekend as well. So uh, everyone is saying that we're going to get to an end here, and we just have to wait and find out when it's actually going to happen. Hopefully. That'll be on Monday, but for the show today, without that news in place, I've been wanting to spend some time looking back at last offseason because it was the second offseason under Steve Cohen's era here with the Mets. Billy Epler came in. The Mets made a lot of moves that were not just for the 2022 season. You know, Chris Bassett, that was one move that was for that season alone. Adam Adovino originally was, they brought him back this offseason. But you look at the big moves. There was four players that were brought in. Max Scherzer, Eduardo Escobar, uh, Mark Canna, and Starling Marte. And not in that order. It began with, I want to say it was Canna, then Escobar, and then Marte, like in succession. And then a couple days later, Scherzer happened. But Scherzer... Is the huge move right? Max Scherzer last offseason was the equivalent to everything the Mets did. Like that, that one move was groundbreaking because this is a franchise that has not really pulled the big free agent out of their hat since the days of Carlos Beltran and Pedro Martinez, you know, uh, over a decade ago. So getting Scherzer was such a big surprise and. What he did to this rotation this year, you know, it, it goes beyond the numbers. While the numbers were great, I mean, one of his best seasons ever. I believe it was the lowest ERA he ever finished with at 2.29, 4.4 F4 while making just 23 starts. That's really impressive. I mean, if he had made 31 starts, you're probably looking at at least a five win season, if not on the verge of, you know, five and a half wins. That's impressive to strike out 10.7. Uh, one batters per nine to walk, just one point four nine to keep the home runs under one per nine. That's all elite stuff from Max Scherzer. The advanced metrics still like him. I, I mean, statistically speaking, there's really no holes you can poke in Max Scherzer's game other than looking at his final two starts of the year. I mean, that's it. Down the stretch against the Braves and then the Padres, he didn't show up, but. Every start before that, he was the guy, and he will continue to be the guy moving forward. And also, I think that he brought uh, a sense of urgency to each series, uh, a sense of leadership. I think, you know, you look at a David Peterson and the growth that he had last season, and, and some of these other pitchers that really helped the Mets. And I do think having that veteran future Hall of Famer in place was really a big part of of some of the success we saw other guys like Peterson, Taiwan Walker and more have, I think it really goes beyond just what he does on the Hill that helps, you know, make the Mets this contender that they're now set to be in the Scherzer window, which is at least one season, probably two. So he can opt after this year and, We'll see. If he has a great season, maybe he does opt out and look for another contract where he's getting paid $43.3 million a year. But to have Max Scherzer as that set-in-stone ace, that allows you to go into this offseason with a little bit more comfort, knowing that if Jacob deGrom left, which he ultimately did, there was some coverage there. The Mets want to have two aces. Well, they didn't have to go out and grab two this offseason. They already had one in place and then they get Justin Verlander and even though i think the money talked more than anything and you know Verlander did not say that he spoke with Scherzer directly throughout the process and it was more about Steve Cohen selling him on the vision of what he wants the Mets to be than anything else. And part of that vision is saying, hey, we're going to pay you you know, $86.66 million over two years and then give you that third-year option for whatever. It was $35 million. That obviously did most of the talking, but having Scherzer in place does allow you to be a bigger free agent destination to get these other guys the Mets ultimately signed. So I just wanted to... Take a minute here to really look back to what that offseason meant for the Mets because it was that first big building block. We always talk uh, about the 1986 Mets. That's the gold standard that you want to reach. There was building that had to take place to get there. There was 84, there was 85, and then that culminated in 1986. That was a team that was built on a great farm system, and then they were able to plug in a Keith Hernandez, plug in a Gary Carter. This Mets team, part of it came from a farm system, a Pete Alonso, a Brandon Nimmo, a Jeff McNeil, uh, being able to trade for an Edwin Diaz with a guy like Jared Kellenick. Some of those p- pieces were in place, but this is a different build that has gone through free agency. And if it was not for that first haul of players that agreed to come over and legitimize the Mets, they would not be in the same position that they are ultimately in right now where they've just had... A remarkable offseason, regardless of what happens with Carlos Correa. But, because of that offseason, they have some coverage if Correa ends up on another team. Because there's still this guy, Eduardo Escobar, who's pretty good at baseball. They also have Mark Canna in place. I want to talk about what those two guys mean to the Mets in just a minute. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. BetOnline is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. If you want to check out the NFL playoffs next weekend and some of the odds available there, Bet Online is the place to go. You can also bet on LB Futures if you want to throw some money down for the Mets to win the World Series or the NL Pennant. You can find that by heading to the website today or using your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online where the game starts. New game day shirt,
0: boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate?
1: So as we continue in this long saga when it comes to Carlos Correa, the New York Mets have Eduardo Escobar in place, ready to be the starting third baseman if need be. Now you would say, look, his first year with the Mets was disappointing overall for Eduardo Escobar. It was. I mean, you expected a little bit more. He was dreadful for a good part of the year, and it took a long time for him to get going. But he was absolutely fantastic, down the stretch in, in August and particularly September. And I mean really there was an injury he came back from, came off the IL, and it was just something clicked. You know, you look at the numbers you put up in this season prior to coming to the Mets. He was a 253 hitter, 314 on base, 472 slugging. But the Mets, he was a 240 hitter, not that far off. 295 on base, about 20 points less. 430 slugging, 42 points less. But you look at waiter runs creative plus, a 107 hitter Uh, When it comes to WRC Plus in 2021, so again, measuring hitters based on a league average of 100, 7% better than your league average hitter. Last year, a 106 WRC Plus, 6% better than your league average hitter. He put up a 2.6 F4 in 2021, 2.9 in 2019, last year 2.3. So that great month on the stretch really got him close to his career norms. He hit 20 home runs for the Mets. So you have Alonzo with a 40. Lindor was what, 26, and then Escobar. Obviously, you want more pop from your lineup. This is still a guy that has been able to hit 158 home runs in his career. Hit 28 home runs in 2021 with a better season. If you don't have Correa, I think Eduardo Escobar is still very capable of being a 25 home run guy. Uh, you know, maybe getting on base at that 310 clip and slugging at a plus 450 clip. If you get that guy. That's a solid starting third baseman, and obviously you still have a Brett Beatty to potentially kind of increase that ceiling. But you also are sitting on a really nice trade chip with Eduardo Escobar, where there's a lot of teams in baseball that would sign up for a year of him coming in, being a veteran leader, renowned as a good clubhouse guy, that has some pop in the bat, that's a switch hitter, that can play some third base for you. For some teams, if they want to plug in at second, he could do that as well. Personally, I don't think defensively he'd be great at that position at his age without the advent of the shift. But by all means, when he's on the trade market, I'm sure that is something that does help having a little bit of positional flexibility. That was a great addition. Mark can is another one where, yes, would it have been absolutely ideal that the Mets could have landed another outfielder that would have pushed Canna to more of the fourth outfielder role? If you're just trying to build the, the best and closest World Series given team, yes, there was places they could have improved the roster. But it's still an offense that with Escobar and Canna playing basically every day, finished top five in runs scored, WRC+. plus, They were still a really good offense last year. And Mark Canna, he's one of the better outfielders in baseball that nobody talks about. I mean, the fact that he can... Get on base at a high clip. That's very important. He gives great at-bats. And you look at, again, WRC+, 128 last year. That's really freaking good. 367 on-base percentage. Would you like to see him get back to the 26 homers he hit in 2019? Yes, but that was the juice ball season. I don't know if he's ever going to get there again. But he still hit 13 home runs. If you could get 40 home runs from Canna and Escobar next year, which would be more than they hit this past season, they would be fine starters for you. Absolutely. And I think Canna could have 15 in the tank. I think Escobar can have 25. But the beauty of the Mets roster right now is if you sign Carlos Correa and that becomes official, if Brett Beatty breaks out the way I think he's going to, eventually becoming maybe the starting left fielder for you, You could be in a place where if they keep everybody, Eduardo Escobar and Mark Canna are your first two guys off the bench, which would make your team absolutely elite. So having those guys signed, getting them on two-year deals, that means that beyond this season, they're off your books. It was the perfect contracts at, what was it, 26 and change, I think, for Canna. And like, you know, it's about 10 per season for Escobar. Great value contracts that just continue to to prove to be assets to the Mets. Because, again, even if they're not playing this year for the Mets, those are contracts the Mets could shop and easily find homes. Not only find homes, but find homes where they would get some value in return. Great deals. But I think the most underrated move, potentially, from that off season and maybe of the Steve Cohen era, which I'm going to spend an entire podcast on, is Darley Marte. I do want to discuss his fit on this roster, though, and why people maybe are sleeping on him just a little bit. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bill Barr. We just got through the holidays, and I know for me, my goal, I want to eat a little bit healthier this year. And I know that my diet is in a good place when I put aside the chips, put aside the cookies, the chocolate, all those bad desserts, and just focus on the best snack out there, which, of course is Built Bar. You know what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they come covered in 100% real chocolate, so they can help that sweet tooth out. You get that fixin', but you don't have to feel bad about it because they have these unbelievable flavors, whether it's the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the coconut almond, but all of them will help you maintain a healthy lifestyle because they're only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein, which means you'll be full after eating your built bar, whether that's for a morning stack, if it's for after a workout, if for if it's for some dessert, whatever you want, whatever time of day built bar is there for your craving. And the best part is you don't have to wait now because before for years I've always been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. But now you can actually order them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and and grab yourself a box of built Bars. You can pick up the four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors like the brownie batter bar and churro. You can thank me later. Go to the
2: store and grab a built Bar today. This lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting
1: Starling Marte is going to be an impact player for the Mets again this season, and they have him for two more years beyond this. Prior to even signing him, I compared Starling Marte to Curtis Granderson. Four-year deal, former center fielders tasked to play right field. At the time, no one was even discussing Marte as a right fielder. I was a little bit ahead of the curve on that one, saying Nimmo's going to stick in center, and they'll probably put the better arm in right Compared, I did a whole article and I did a podcast on it. You can check both of those out if you Google Curtis Granderson and Starling Marte's name together. You'll find them. You know, Granderson was the best free agent signing of probably about a decade window, and you say that's crazy. Look at the production he gave the Mets. 2014, not even the best year, but he was still solid. 2015, there is a very strong argument can, can, that could be made that Curtis Granderson was the best position player on that team. Led them in F4. Uh, even from the deadline on when the Mets took off, he was right there with Ioannis Espinus and some of the stats, which I know sounds crazy. Not quite in home runs, but just overall production. Elite. Performed in the playoffs. He would play center field when the Mets needed him to. Was really good in 2016 as well. Was part of one of the few times in franchise history that they've gone to the playoffs in back-to-back years. Graderson was incredible, and stalling Marte has a similar value on this team. You look at what he did last season, and you know, maybe it wasn't the flashiest. You know, he didn't have the 47 stolen bases that he had in 2021, you know, didn't hit 20 plus homers, but he had 16 homers. He scored 76 runs, drove in 63, played in 118 games, uh, and he did steal 18 bags, but you look at a 292 hitter. Got on base at a 347 clip, 468 slug. Last two seasons, his weighted runs created plus. It was 134 the year before coming to the Mets, 136 with the Mets. So he has basically become a hitter that's going to range about 35% better than your league average hitter. He strikes out less than 20% of the time. Uh, his walks were down last year, but right back to kind of career norms, they were up pretty high in 2021 relative to what he had done throughout his career, an 8% walk rate where. For his career, it's been 5.3, and last year it was 5.1. But he's going to put the ball in play. He's going to make things happen. He's going to be a steady force in right field. I mean, if you look at all-around contributors on the Mets, when you factor in defense and offense, few are more valuable to this team next year than Starling Marte. You can make an argument for Brandon Nimmo in the outfield as far as defense and offense. Obviously, Francisco Lindor is more valuable um, Jeff McNeil, most likely to be more valuable. Pete Alonzo, even though Ward doesn't love him, I look at the offensive impact that Pete has, and that's still you know right there with anyone on the Mets. But Starling Marte can be the straw that stirs the drink, as he was a lot this season. And if Starling Marte does not get hurt down the stretch, I think it's a completely different end of the year for the Mets. I don't know if they're going to run. I don't know if they would have won the World Series, or even gotten to the championship round. But I do know they would have won the division. That I'm sure of. And if they had won the division, and then they face off against the Phillies in the NLDS, a team that they own this year, how would things have been different? Maybe the Phillies were just the team of destiny. Maybe the Phillies would have rolled through the Mets the same way they rolled through the Braves. But you never really know. And I really look back at that injury this year, and it was probably the biggest one that we saw. Bigger than even losing to for all those starts. Because ultimately you were in a position to make the playoffs, um, which obviously they did, but to win the division. And you lost it down the stretch. And I, I think a lot of it was having to run out the Tyler Naquin of the world while Marte was on the sidelines. The fact that he got back and with no game action, just hopped into a playoff series and was good, that just shows you the type of competitor he is. And when we... Look at the overall thought exercise of the 2021 offseason still looming large now, or I guess the 2022 offseason looming large as we enter 2023. To me, that's the biggest piece of it. It's the Scherzer, of course, but to have Scherzer and Marte, two all-star level players that are driving your, your pitching, your defense, your lineup, that was such a win. A lot of teams go through many off-seasons with that being to land two players that impactful. And then when you throw in Cannon and Escobar and the debt that they added, it was really a very successful off-season. And they've done a lot more this year, so you can only hope for kind of a a similar you know, upward trajectory where the Mets could be even better this season. Anyway, that's going to be all, though, for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. At Finkelstein Ryan, follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby. Locked On MB Prospects is where you want to go to learn about all the stars of tomorrow. You can follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.